Welcome to the Vorthos Podcast with your host, Matt W. Ruff. Thank you, Bob. Uh, I continue on this series that I started. Uh, we're up to what I would, it's not going to, I doubt, I mean, the probability of actually coming to book is same probability of winning the lottery. Anyway, so this would be chapter four if there was a book. The topic of white privilege. Now, all good lies, based on the examples in the Bible, Satan, the master liar, there's always a little bit of truth in the lie. If it's a total fabrication, that generally doesn't work. There's got to be a little bit of truth. And white privilege is that exact, is a perfect example of a lie that's got a little bit of truth in it. When you say white privilege, it's currently a political term, okay? It's something thrown in any white Anglo-Saxon Protestant Catholic generally who doesn't toe the liberal line, okay? It's a very political term. If you're Bill Clinton, it's rarely thrown at you, okay? If you're Newt Gingrich or one of those guys, then it's always thrown at you. So understand, it's purely a political tool. Now, there is a bit of truth in it, but it's not the white, but there is privilege. Now, I will summarize it real simple, that Barack and Michelle Obama's kids have a lot more privilege than any kids I know, with the exception of, like Darrell Waltrip's kids or somebody else's kids that are famous and worth a substantial amount of money. Okay. With money, with power or with what I call position comes privilege. Now, just because there's more whites in this country and because of the problem of slavery way back when, the whites had a head start, and that's what they point to. Okay, so the whites had a head start. You have to understand, though, the people pushing this, i.e. the woke liberal progressives, are all Democrats, and Democrats were the ones that were for slavery, and then they became the ones that were for um keeping the slaves, you know, after they were freed in the war, they were the creators of the Jim Crow law. They were the Ku Klux Klan. And there are people that try to separate the two. Say, oh, there was party switch or whatever. Now there was definitely a change in, in belief systems over the time, but it is the democratic party. Make no points. I mean, it's not that far ago. If you go back simply to the Voting Rights Act of 1965 when I was six years old, okay? 94% of Republicans voted for it and only 70% of 
of Democrats voted for it. Okay? If you go back to the 15th Amendment, which gave black men the right to vote, zero Democrats in the House voted for it. 80% of the Republicans voted for it. Okay? So, most of, in fact, one of my favorites is, you know, we all heard Jim Crow laws. One of the things used in Jim Crow was homeowners associations to keep people out. They're still in effect today, and they're sort of established. In Nashville, where I live, there's a town that they're, there's an area that's not being covered by city services, and they said the only way they're going to cover it is they form a homeowners association. Now, no homeowners association is legally, can legally be racist because of city, state, and federal laws, but that's where they got started, and trust me, they're, they're a huge problem. I don't personally see any good in a homeowners association whatsoever. They're necessary, necessary evils, to be quite honest. Um, I lived in one once I moved to Nashville. I'd never lived in one before. We moved to Nashville around the turn of the century, so 21 years ago, 22 years ago. And we had a, we had a community pool, and you know there was common area that had to be mowed and stuff, and so there was dues, and they were like $45 for that. And they came after me for my, I'd put a window unit in our house, which the people with their noses in the air said, that's a window unit that's very, very, that's not very high class, you know. And because I was doing editing and all these computers in my bonus room, I needed extra cooling. It wasn't that air conditioners didn't work. It's just I needed more cooling and I wasn't going to, you spend $10,000 on the new air conditioning system for the second floor. I was just going to put a wind unit where I needed it, which costs like 400 bucks. Okay. It's a hugely cheaper solution. And they screamed and fussed about it. And I ran for the board and won because my wife went out and got it like 30 proxies. And I wasn't very gracious about it. I have to admit, I showed up the meeting and there were, 21 people there and I had 35 votes in my pocket so when they you know asked who was running I said, they said tell you well I don't really need to tell you anybody I've got 30 I bought 35 proxies with me I am going to be on the board I'm on the board for this reason so yes I was a little bit arrogant there no question about it but homeowner associations are part of the problem okay they're that they, they were they were just like Jim Crow laws that's where they came from so, in in the area of privilege, though, to me, it has nothing to it, it. It has really nothing to do with race. It has to do with power and money and connections, which is position. You know, you don't have to be a rich person necessarily to be a mayor, but that gives you position, and you know people. Therefore, you've got clout. Okay, so. Again, Tiger Woods kids, uh, golfer, I've used for examples before. His kids, because he's t- they're Tiger Woods kids, they have privilege. So 
has really nothing to do with color or race. It purely has to do with these other factors. Now, what the funny thing is, the people screaming about white privilege, such as Robin D'Angelo, who wrote the bookie White Fragility, she has privilege, and she's white. And, you know, I love Ben Shapiro's uh, review of the book. I have not read the, read the book. I knew it was a terrible book by everything I'd heard about it. I don't need to read. I didn't need to read. I did read Mein Kampf the, in college. It was required reading in a class. Uh, but I ne- didn't need to read it to know it was a bad book. Okay. But in the book, you know, he, he writes it as a terrible book. It's one of the worst books he's ever read. It, it's both awful and, and a cult book. Okay. It, it, it sets it sets things up for now I'm saying she's got huge police rumor is that she gets 6,000 an hour for a lecture, $6,000 for a lecture. Okay. So the publisher is happy. They're making money off her. Her agent of course is happy. And of course she's happy and her, the people she works for, they're probably not getting paid all that well, but they may or may not be happy because they think she's something special. All it created was a bunch of Bible Bible, which is typical of leftist anti-American stuff. You know, all white people are therefore racist, which is just laughable at the concept. And that the, all white people have privilege. Now, statistics are not racist, just like math isn't racist. You know, there's a push, you know, saying math saying somebody is wrong, it's a racist system. Well, math is, is just the exact opposite. Math is what, math is truth. Two plus two equals four. Anything else in that isn't racist, it's just wrong. Okay? But we forget to tell people where the freedoms for the blacks came from. Because unless they overthrow the white government, their freedom was granted by somebody. Now, in America, we know how it happened. There's a huge civil war. Okay. But go to Britain. Back then, when this was happening, the United Kingdom was the dominant power in the world. Okay. The sun never set on the British Empire because they had, you know, the Australia was part of their country, you know, India, several countries in Africa, several countries in South America, okay, Canada. Those are all part of the British Empire. Okay. And a member of the British Parliament by the name of William Wilberforce spent his entire life and a good hunk of his fortune trying to end the British slave trade. There's both a great book by Eric Metaxas on William Wilberforce, and there's actually a great movie that Chuck Colson did on William Wilberforce called Amazing Grace. And he fought his entire life to finally end the British slave trade, which led to the end of the slave trade in America, which led to the Civil War, which ended slavery. Now, on average, 
there may be it may be somewhat true that a average white person may have a little bit more privilege than the average black person, but it all depends on the situation. I can tell you reverse discrimination is a big thing today. If you're a white 25-year-old that doesn't have a college degree and you're trying to get a job, they're going to give it to the, to somebody that's a minority status to make with their quotas. Okay. But that's just the way it is. Now, no one I know is trying to give Hitler a pass. Okay. The Aryan structure of, of Hitler and, and the, not the German people, though they were corrupted to, to follow it. The, the German, the, the group of Germans that, led Germany. It wasn't that, you know, the, the SS and the, the Hitler, you know, it was a small percentage of people that made it all happen. It always is a small percentage of people. Okay. But yes, privilege is this, and it can be white, but it can be black. It can be Indian. It can be whoever. The trouble with it is it, it's part of a broad approach to bring on socialism or communism or whatever. And all economic systems are flawed, including capitalism. It's just flawed less than the others. I mean, the examples of a a socialist state are Cuba and North Korea, where they're terrible places for the average person. Okay? Now, liberals will brag at how wonderful... The, the Cuban health services is everybody's got free insurance in Cuba yet it's not really true. Yeah, it's free. It's, it's not very good. Sure. It's good. If you're Fidel Castro, you've got your own private doctors, but you're the average Joe. I mean, I I've heard these stories from reliable sources that, you know, the, the man works his job and then he goes, grabs his fishing pole and goes to the ocean to try to catch food for supper because that's the only way they make ends meet. Okay. In America today, in America, I was born into born in 1959. Okay. In America, I was born into there have been, there are now black CEOs. There's a black, you know, justice of the Supreme court. There was black chairman of the Joint Chief of Chet Staffs. There was a, a black Secretary of State. And then there was a black president who was reelected. I didn't vote for him, but it had nothing to do with his black. It had to do with his terrible policies. One of the smartest persons I've ever met is Dr. Ben Carson, the famed neurosurgeon and who was Secretary of, of HUD under President Trump. It's clearly one of the smartest men on the planet. He is a neurosurgeon, okay? And neurosurgeons, my cousin's husband was one, so I have a little bit knowledge of how many years. I mean, you go to school for nearly half your life before you start practicing. It's crazy. Brain surgery, right? So, and, and he's got a great book. I should, uh, you should read Dr. Carson's book. He's a great story. In his place, he was protecting the white kids from getting killed during a, a racial unrest at his school. So he was the one with privilege in that particular moment. And he grew up under privilege. 
did not stop him from achieving great things. So, you know, this whole construct of white privilege is just a political ends to a means. They don't really care because it's all the white, you know, the, the power brokers in the Democratic Department may not all be white. They're not. They're black ones. And Barack Obama is a serious power player, obviously. But there's plenty of white ones. And it's just, you know, when they say it, it, it doesn't mean them. You know, it's, 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 it only means, you know, conservatives. So, anyway, that's my take on white privilege. The bigger issue is, um, it's probably a huge issue and, and, it probably deserves its own, but I'm I'm going to shorten it down here because I want to do two of them today. I want to do social justice. Do a social justice search on Google, and you're going to get one billion plus results. Coming up with a definition of social justice is almost impossible, and th- and that's by design. Whole books and treaties have been written about social justice without ever defining it. So says Michael Novak. Oh, yeah, he's a white guy, I think. Allows it to float in the air as if it everyone will recognize it in an instant when it appears. The vagueness seems to be indispensable. The minute one begins to define the social justice, one runs into embarrassing intellectual difficulties. It becomes most often a term of art whose operational meaning is we need a law against that. In other words, it becomes an instrument of ideology. It's a political term. Its purpose is to gain power for legal coercion of people. It, it, it has nothing to do with real justice. It's just a means to an end. Okay? You know, one of the most evil men that ever walked the planet was Karl Marx. He didn't see himself as evil. He saw himself as the savior of you know, working class people take back everything for the working class people. But his Marxism, you know, is responsible for more deaths in the last century than anything else by a huge long margin. Over 100 million people killed because of his theories. The The biggest racist organization in the planet today is Planned Parenthood. Their founder, Margaret Sanger, was a terrible person who was into eugenics and very cushy with the the Nazis until it became politically incorrect to be that. And then, of course, she changed her name from what it was to Planned Parenthood. They're always located in inner, inner cities in the black Hispanic areas. Okay. The majority of the abortions they perform is on minorities by a huge margin. And over the years, we're looking at 50, 50, 60 million people killed by this organization. How racist do you got to be? So, you know, social justice, if you want to read about it and do studies, good luck. You can get going for the best book I know on the subject right now is by a black man, which is good. I think uh, his name is Vody Bachman, 
Dr. Is, he's a he's a Christian minister. He's currently living in Africa. He is working on a project in um, Africa, on a, a, a college. And he has a book out called Fault Lines. And his whole illustration is Fault Lines of an Earthquake. That's, he uses that to talk about critical social justice or CSJ, or which is the whole the, the same thing we're talking about here. It's critical race theory. Okay. It was all derived from Karl Marx's conflict theory that he used to, to, um, you know, try to, to his, his conflict theory that Karl Marx devised was a way to get disrupt the social status and, and, you know, have, the masses overthrow the owners. Okay. One, it's never happened very successfully. Uh, but that's a longer discussion for another day. But uh, if you want to read a great book on it, that's my recommendation is Fault Lines by Dr. Vodi Bachman, B A U C H A M, Jr. Um, it came out just recently and he talks about the history and where it came from and how hard it is to, to actually nail down. Now, many people disagree with his definitions because they don't want to be stuck with Karl Marx. Okay. If you read through uh, the Wikipedia on the topic, you get all kinds of craziness. You get everything from Aristotle to Plato to Thomas Paine. United Nations, who, again, is a terrible organization, they, they have a document called Social Justice in an Open World, the Role of the United Nations, stating that social justice may be broadly understood as the fair and compassionate distribution of the fruits of economic growth. That is what Karl Marx was for. He wanted, instead of, Jeff Bezos making all the money off Amazon. He wanted all the workers to get the money, even though it was Jeff Bezos' idea, and that's how capitalism works. The trouble with capitalism is when they're not Christians, they keep the money for themselves. I mean, I pretty much, I mean, I Amazon's a well-run company for the most part. I mean, they're the best at what they do, and I use them. Okay? That being said... I don't listen to hardly anything Jeff Bezos says about what he wants to do. I mean, he went to go speak at the climate conference. The man has multiple jets. Big O, I mean, the biggest, you know, the Gulf Stream 650 massive jets. Okay, he has multiple jets. He has, I had a rumor it's seven or eight. I mean, he has two helicopters, a fleet of cars that are armored cars. Okay, he's... He he spends a fortune on on his own private security. Yeah, but he's he's like Michael Bloomberg in that area. Spends a fortune on his own security, but he wants to take away everybody else's guns. But that's a side topic too. So, um, but that's that's what this is. It's 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 just communism or socialism repackaged. So you can't really just discuss it because you can't define it. 
you got all these organizations that are out championing it from NAACP and SPLC and, of course, Black Lives Matter. So, um, again, it's a, it's, a, it's a cursory topic of a huge – I mean, people spend their whole life talking about social justice. It's that big a topic. There's, you, you go look on Amazon, and there's pages after pages of books. There are some good ones, but most of them are, are bad, okay? Because if you don't define it the way they like, then they already throw it out. And because there's no, you know, what I like about math, what I like about proven science is it's an established fact, okay? Fact, two plus two equals four. Fact, only females have babies. Fact, you know, there are only two sexes, male and female. Okay, these are... These are facts. And what the liberal, progressive, sadist, anti-Christian movement is about is they're, they're going after all the facts. They don't want any absolute facts. They want everything to be gray. That's why they're out to, to take on math. They're out to take on um, the genders. They're out to take on anything that is, is truth. Okay. And as a Christian, you got to be on the opposite side of that. It's, that's just the facts. <laughs> you know, you can't be with the people that, you know, claim that I can change my gender today. I'm a guy. I want to be a girl tomorrow. You know, um, it's, it just doesn't work. So I'm going to conclude here because we're about at the 30 minute mark, but Next one, which is coming out pretty quickly, we're going to talk about science because science is an interesting thing. It's, it's again, the huge tack right now in science. This whole COVID thing is a huge tack on science. So that'll be a very interesting discussion, I think. Very complicated one, unfortunately. Everyone, I hope you have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening to the Vorthos Podcast. Visit Vorthos.net for more information. That's Vorthos, V-O-R-T-H-O-S dot net. You may follow at Vorthos on Twitter. The views and opinions expressed on the Vorthos Podcast are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the Vorthos Podcast. Any content provided by Matt or our guest are their opinion and not intended to malign or insult anyone or anything. Matt W. Ruff can be reached at mattwruff at forthos.net. That's M-A-T-T-W-R-U-F-F at V-O-R-T-H-O-S dot net.